0: Hello, welcome back again to the Going Coastal podcast, the podcast of the students and new professionals chapter of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association and hosted by the one and only American Shoreline Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marissa Torres.
1: And I'm also one of your co-hosts, Deb Fernandez.
0: So for this month's episode, we're bringing you a different flavor of coastal policy discussion, part of our regular series. Today we'll be focusing on the ASBPA Blue Flag Award Program. Now, if you're asking yourself, what is the Blue Flag Award Program? You're not the only one. And that's why we have here with us our guests, uh, Annie Mercer, the Program Coordinator for ASBPA and all around guru when it comes to hosting conferences virtually as well as uh, Portia Knowles, Department Facilities Planner for LA County, Department of Beaches and Harbors, who is also one of the two blue flag award winners this year. The other award winner, Cynthia Busan from City of Delray Beach in Florida, couldn't be with us today due to technical difficulties, but we'll catch up with her at a later time. Stay tuned. While we're here, welcome Annie and Portia. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm excited to have you both on the show because I also know nothing about the Blue Flag Program, so it's going to be an educational experience all around. But first, uh, we typically in this show like to get to know our guests before we get dive into the topics. So I can start with Annie. I would love to learn more about your background. Uh, You know, how, what was your academic or professional background? How did you get involved in coastal and end up where you are now?
2: Great question. Um, It was a roundabout way of getting involved in coastal work and coastal policy. Uh, I started at 10 years old, Uh, with my dad putting in coastal vegetation. He runs Coastal Transplants, Inc., which is a coastal vegetation company in North Carolina. And so it was a family business that I kind of got brought into every summer when I was on vacation from school. And then after I finished my bachelors in psychology with a minor in criminology and juvenile delinquency. I was really interested in going to grad school and I got into a program that I, uh, finished around the end of 2018 and that was a forensic and legal psychology, um, with a concentration in intelligence studies master's program in, uh, Marymount, Virginia. And, um, so it was not really focused on anything coastal, but uh, I was really interested in, in finding ways that I could use psychology um, in my day-to-day life and job. And so I took those kind of tenets of you know survey research and research in general and tried to apply those to working um, with my dad and as an intern with ASBPA. And so the first thing I did with ASBPA was write the um, coastal funding white paper, which I uh, got to work with uh, Peter Ravella and Tyler uh, on. And so that was um, kind of my first foray into coastal research and, and coastal policy. Um, was helping write that paper for ASBPA, and then it just kind of snowballed from there where I ended up working as a fellow and then um, kind of coming into this program coordinator role and, and really getting tasked with the Blue Flag Program.
0: Wow. I would not have guessed criminal psychology, but I feel like it explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. <laughs>
1: Great. So um, what about you, um, Portia? What is your background, academic background and professional background? Um, How did you get involved in the coastal field? And do you have any relationship with um, ASBPA?
3: Sure. So... Um- Just a little bit of background about myself. I'm from Southern California. I've been born and raised here all my life. Um, For my undergraduate degree, I went to the University of California at Riverside um, where I earned a bachelor's degree in applied math um, with an emphasis on environmental sciences. Um, While at UCR, um, I did a few internships. Um, one of which was working with their office of sustainability on building certification projects under um, the U.S. Green Building Council's uh, LEED rating system program for existing buildings. Um, Then I decided to get a master's degree and I got that in environmental studies from California State University Fullerton. Um, While getting that degree, I started working for a nonprofit organization in Los Angeles. And I was a project manager there assisting public agencies with implementing different energy efficiency projects at their facilities. And one of the agencies I actually worked with was a few departments from LA County. So I started a new job search um, and I saw a job opening at Beaches and Harbors and I decided to apply. And I've now been here since July of 2019, so four years. Um, And my work here primarily focuses on coastal planning, permitting, environmental and sustainability Sustainability related projects. And then also, I do design reviews for developments in Marina Del Rey. So that was kind of my first introduction to coastal work when I started here.
1: Wow, that's really, really impressive. And also, you have a background in math, so <laughs> in applied mathematics, like it's also really different. It's not coastal. And then environmental studies, that's super interesting. And um, do you like co- the coastal field so far?
3: I do. I do like it. Been there for four years now. It's very interesting, very dynamic work, which I love.
0: Yeah,
1: it is very dynamic. That's
3: great.
0: Annie, was your first foray into ASBPA when when you signed on to do that white paper? Was that right? Yes.
2: So I came in for the local funding paper and that was, uh, I think that started kind of the fall of 2018 and then the rollout kind of started in 2019
0: and you've just you know dived in with both feet since then
2: yeah i'm not really good at holding back
0: (laughs) well don't burn yourself out that's for sure if there's one thing i don't think we've actually covered that on the podcast yet let me make a note we should cover burnout for um for like professional development type things because that would be really bad if you did we need you.
2: Oh, thank you,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and so Portia, when did you? So you you jumped into this, um, the city. I'm sorry, the LA County, and and jumped into coastal planning and design. So when did you first kind of get involved with ASPPA, or when did that kind of um, come up for you?
3: Interesting enough, it was when I started working on the Blue Flag program. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. So maybe a couple months after I started with the county. All
0: right. So that is a perfect segue into, Annie, please tell us, what is this Blue Flag po- program? What does it do? What is the award? How do you get involved? Let's start with the basics. What is the Blue Flag Award?
2: The Blue Flag Award is an eco-award. It's a voluntary award um, that focuses on 33 different criteria Um, set at the international and national levels that kind of provide a framework for sustainable development for beaches, marinas, and tourism boat operators. Uh, ASBPA is currently only operating the Beach Award. Um, The other two are kind of in a a feasibility stage we're really getting our our feet under us with this uh the beach award and then we're going to look into you know what would it take to run a marina award what would it take for uh tourism boat operators so this blue flag program is an international program it is it is an international program operated by the foundation for environmental education and it has been operating for over 35 years. And we just kind of got into it in that 2019, 2020 timeframe and have just now awarded our first two sites and gotten them all the way through all of those 33 criteria. And, you know, in a blink of an eye, September one we'll open applications again and they'll have to apply all over <laughs> again. So it, it is an annual award. Um, okay where we, we verify compliance with those criteria. I see.
0: So you're saying that Portia's beach could fall out of compliance if she's not keeping up with it.
2: Hopefully not. Uh, Portia is incredibly, <laughs> um, incredibly meticulous and, and very careful. Um, Thanks, Annie. You're <laughs> very welcome. But, you, you know, <laughs> there could be other issues, you know, maybe your community is planning a large scale uh, bathroom renovation project and it's going to fall during the award season and there's no bathrooms anymore and that would take you out of compliance or, you know, knock on wood, there's an oil spill during your um, your award season or right before your awarded season and that would take you out of compliance for the water quality. And so, you know, that annual that annual framework does provide what I consider a little bit of flexibility in that these larger construction projects or, you know, things that happen outside of your control aren't the end-all be-all um, that would knock you out of compliance. Yeah. Okay. I
0: was about to say, I'm like, you can't really if, if, uh, if oil ends up on your beach, that is in most for the most part entirely out of your control um, or something. So it's I guess what is the what is the benefit to being a blue flag beach? I think there's been several benefits
3: for us, but I think the main one has been just providing a way for the public to know that we're properly caring for our coast, which we say that we do, um, by meeting a series of national and even international standards. Um, and I think another benefit has been um, creating a place at the beach through the different information boards that you need to um they need to have installed, where people can learn about the site's general attributes and then all the environmental characteristics, they can see the water quality results. So kind of creating that informational hub that didn't exist before at the site. Um, and then for us, um, another benefit coming out of this program is that we're required to have recycling at the beach. Um, and this is the first location uh, for any of our beaches where we're actually having recycling, since it's a criteria for this program. So. Personally, I think those are our largest benefits that we've seen from the program. Um, but Annie, I know there's a there's several others that other beaches may see as well.
2: Yeah, those 33 criteria cover everything from environmental education and information, like the information board and providing educational activities to standards on water quality, um, environmental management practices, like making sure that you remove um, any sort of Vegetation inundation or algal vegetation that washes up on shore in an environmentally sustainable way, um, and also including items like safety and services. So, accessibility to a site as well. So, we've had sites that have, um, through going through the program and working towards award, applied for grant funding to increase their accessibility and been awarded for that. Um, so, you know, increasing their different funding streams. Uh, we've had new partners come to the table with different uh, organizations we've been working with. So we talk with our United States Lifesaving Association. We work with Surfrider. We work with um, the National Wildlife Federation in order to kind of program this this award in the United States. So for ASBPA, as well as our communities, there's a lot of um new branding opportunities as well as opportunities to engage with your community to provide those resources back to the community um and so you know i have a a whole powerpoint on on benefits but i'll i'll keep it keep it fairly short for the podcast
0: if only this was a video podcast
1: and um i have a question for you parisha um out of those 33 criterias um uh, which one was the most like difficult for you to bring on your beach to be able to have that award?
3: I feel like there wasn't there wasn't like one portion that was really difficult. I think when we did our gap analysis, we did pretty well, right, Annie? With the with which ones we need, to, which criteria we need to come into compliance with. Um, It was more so we just needed to compile all of the information to one application package and maybe coordinate with our different county departments Um, because we're not the only ones who have responsibilities for taking care of the beach. We also have our fire department who provides the lifeguarding services for the beach. And then we have our public health department who does the water quality testing. So just making sure that everyone was in alignment.
1: So the the management side of it
3: was... uh... So not your actual application, Annie, but (laughs) but just
2: coordination.
1: Yeah, Yeah. interesting.
2: I would agree. I I would say the the most common theme of of our um, our sites that have gotten to the applicant phase of the process have have expressed that like, oh, you know, we we're doing all of these things already, but it's in seven different documents rather than one document or you know we have all these partnerships but we've never really been forced to work together so closely and kind of check up on each other so really establishing these relationships inside of uh county departments um, exterior relationships with organizations that are running the education activities for a site you know really kind of tracking all these metrics that the international program is looking for in a successful program and a su- successful application, it it really does require a, a fine-toothed comb <laughs> approach to the information. And so it, it is a lot of um, staff time in that respect.
1: Yeah, it's pretty um, eye-opening in the fact that we just go to the beach, you know, we enjoy the beach, but then how the beach is managed and all the stakeholders that have a part in it. For example, for that um, blue flag award, super interesting because there are a lot, a lot of different stakeholders, and you would never think of it.
0: Or even just like what goes into managing a beach, like all of the the educational outreach. I like I really like that piece because as as someone in the coastal field, I've always been especially as a coastal engineer, where engineers have a hard time communicating their thoughts uh, in a digestible, simple way for the community to understand um, and kind of engage them in a way. And I think the blue flag supporting uh, or, and, and or encouraging educational outreach across beaches and and essentially like rewarding that is really cool from what it sounds like porsche your beach was already killing it and all you had to do was put all the pieces together in the application so congrats that sounds awesome and i do hope that barring any natural disasters which may be few and far between we'll see um how la shapes out but Hope you know, knock on wood, it should be fine. Should be fine. Annie, you mentioned that um, there are two sites in the US, and there are only two sites in the US, and that's this site in LA County and then Cynthia's site in Delray Beach. So, are these the first two US Blue Flag Award Beach awards? They are wow, inaugural, amazing. So, that yeah, Portia, if everything goes right, you can have be the first. Uh, what is that?
2: Yes, Portia will be the first site, um, along with Cynthia, if they submit re-applications, to have a site awarded for two consecutive years. Two th- that one. Yeah. Thank you,
0: Annie. She killed it.
2: So Portia's
0: talked about how the talked a little bit about the process and essentially pulling all of these different criteria. Um, into one application package. So Annie, what really like goes in there? What is the um, if, is there more details to discuss about the process of becoming a blue flag site and why communities would choose to participate?
2: Definitely. Uh, the way that we have our program structured is we do require a assessment before you can submit a full application. And that assessment goes through and is just a self-assessment, red, green, yellow on whether you're meeting a criteria, Um, and it would be considered red if there is a criterion that you are not meeting and you think would take you longer than a year to meet that criterion. It would be yellow if it would take you six months, um, to meet the criteria or, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, it, it, there needs to be some level of, of investment, but, um, you know, not a million dollars to, to put in a whole new bathroom kind of thing. Um, and so that assessment is then evaluated by staff and we have discussions with the applicant, um, on their assessment and how to move them into candidacy status. So our candidate beaches are actively working towards criteria compliance. So that may be, you know, they don't have recycling yet. They need to um, start monitoring for a specific water quality parameter. And so we work with them through monthly meetings, one-on-one meetings and toolkit trainings to help them understand, okay, I have to be testing E. coli and enterococci. So what does that actually mean? How many times do I have to test that before I apply? And how many times do I have to test that while I am awarded? You know, what information and paperwork do I need to submit to get that Um to get that award. And then you would move into applicant status during the September to December um, application phase. And then uh, that ap- application package would be reviewed by the national jury t- for any sort of um, irregularities in um, national level compliance. So, you know, at the national level, countries throughout the network have different national laws and statutes and regulations. And so, you know, our program does allow us to strengthen things to the national level. We can't weaken the international criteria, but we can strengthen it. So one change we've made in the United States is that we require enterococci to be tested weekly during the blue flag season um, and to provide weekly reports on that, whereas international only requires one sample a month. And so we we needed to bump that up to the the EPA regulations and guidance in the United States. And so, you know, we get all the that paperwork together. Uh, our national jury reviews that. If they accept the application, then it would go towards um, the international staff for review and then to the international jury for award. Um, so no one in the United States is... You know giving an award asbpa does not give an award we are an administrator um and then we check off all those criteria and the international program fee uh hands out those awards in the end of april and may one our sites can raise their flag sounds like a lot of paperwork it is um but i can tell you that i have so much fun (laughs) with all of our sites (laughs) um You know, we are constantly having conversations about, you know, outside of the application, what are you struggling with? What can we have conversations about that can support you as a community and not just as a blue flag awardee? And so we have a summer series based off of those questions um, that we run virtually every summer. We do um, conversations about our educational activities and, you know, Plastic waste is a, is a problem on some of our beaches. And so how can we, from a management perspective, address that? So we have um, a site that has instituted a kind of borrow box for plastic toys. So shovels and pails that, you know, break frequently and get left at the beach so that, you know, people coming to the site can borrow those. And that kind of got spawned from conversations about what qualifies as an educational activity. Have you guys,
0: or is this in any way could be linked to some of the things that the erdic is doing with respect to like sand snap or like community scientists? So this is, uh, and um, cit- uh, citizen scientists rather, um, kind of efforts. Is that something Blue Flag encourages, but it's, it's not a criteria?
2: Absolutely. So um, the education activities that are required have to Each site has to have five activities, but the site doesn't have to manage those activities. So several sites have uh, turtle watch programs that do um, releases or educational uh, opportunities on the beach site. You know, some locations may have an aquarium nearby that is already doing education and there may be an opportunity to... um, Publicize a event at the aquarium that would count. You know, there's there's a lot of those nuances that you know we work through in those toolkits. Um, once you've submitted that assessment, to help communities, you know, find those <laughs> education activities like Sand Snap or, um, you know, doing a different kind of kind of incorporation of technology. Uh, I just put out in Coastal Voice an article about education activities, actually. Um, And they did a bio blitz in Delray, Florida, where they used the iNaturalist app. And so you could go around and take pictures of the vegetation on the dunes, um, because Delray has some really nice um, dune coverage and and really well-developed dunes. And so they used that as a way to kind of engage with the public on you know why are dunes important and why do we invest in protecting our dunes and do these projects that uh continue dunes in our area versus um you know other projects um so they're they're very proud of their their dunes and they're absolutely gorgeous so i highly recommend visiting not just because they're blue flag. (laughs) Hey,
0: dunes, we're we're pretty jealous of dunes up in New England, I feel like. So um, that's pretty impressive. I like that. Uh, Portia, what kind of educational programs do you have out in LA County on your beach?
3: Yeah, um, so I can tell you about um, one of the ones that we've been promoting. So our department has a contest called Can the Trash. Um, it's a poster contest that's open to students throughout the county in grades three through five. Uh, and basically to enter the contest, they draw a picture with a message about how we can keep our oceans and beach uh, and beaches pollution free and healthy. It's a very creative uh, contest. And then each, each year, um, the winning entries are then um, selected Um, and they are actually, um, posted on our trash barrels that we have along our beaches. So you'll see at all of our beaches, these trash barrels with, um, all of the artwork, um, that the children have, uh, created, uh, for the winners. Um, and there's one winner that's selected for each of our, um, supervisorial district, um, districts. And, um, actually, I think I messed that up. there's one winner from each grade that's elected by each of our um, five supervisorial districts. Um, and so that's one of the um, one of the educational activities that we're uh, promoting for the Blue Flag Program.
0: Sounds great, really gets the community involved. Um, did, I'm sorry if I missed this, but did you say like, is there a particular um, like age range or grade that submits posters or just is open to all? Yeah, so
3: it's um, children in grades uh, three through five.
0: Three through five. Okay. I apologize if I missed that earlier. Um, That sounds sweet. That's awesome. (laughs) Do you get a lot of engagement? (laughs) We do. (laughs) Maybe more than um, you have trash bins for? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I had
1: a question um, in terms of like coastal engineering. Do you guys so. The beach is pretty dynamic, and um, sometimes you have to protect it, right, from erosion and everything. And so, is there a criteria that involves like sustainably protecting the shoreline? For example, if a beach has, I don't know, grown or like a breakwater, it's it's man-made. It's like super hard infrastructures, and it's not the most sustainable. Would you uh, also consider beaches that, I don't know, restore seagrass or restore their dunes and have more of like nature-based solutions to protect them? Is there a criteria like this?
2: No, there's no criteria that would require an applicant to only choose a certain type of um, kind of management tool in the toolbox. um. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. we are always here at ASBPA to help our applicants and um, work through that with them. And and so taking into consideration, you know, oh, we want to have uh, May to the end of September blue flag season, you know, if you're looking at a project, could we work outside of that season um, for implementation or, you know, do you need oh, we need help on solutions for um, kind of updating some of our infrastructure, you know, I am always happy to work with them on on getting in touch with the appropriate um, individuals and experts to talk through those kinds of solutions for them. But there's no specific criteria that states that a, a site has to be implementing a, a certain type of tool in the the management toolbox in relation to sustainable kind of infrastructure in that way or, or management of the existing beach
1: okay i was too harsh on the criteria probably <laughs> um yeah. maybe one day we don't know <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's always opportunities to, you know, update the criteria. Yeah. Do you guys update them? Yeah. Um I don't I don't know internationally when the last update was, but you know, there there's opportunities there to to talk through, um, looking at, at new criteria and adding new criteria or new interpretations of criteria. The international organization does really push biodiversity and um looking at different ways to combat pollution and taking action on the changing climate and and how do we do those things and so they do partner and produce materials on supporting sites and helping them make the appropriate decisions for those sites Uh, i think that's one of the benefits of the international criteria that sometimes i get questions like oh this is really confusing i don't know how this applies to my site it's an international program. So, you know, we have sites in Greece, in France, in Portugal, in Spain, in South Africa, um, and then in America too, and in Brazil. So, like how all of these different places have different kinds of tools in that toolbox and and how they implement in, you know, Ireland is gonna be different than how we implement strategies in the United States. And so, um, We're always kind of working as a network to say, oh, this is how we run our program nationally. This is, you know, oh, you're having an issue with water quality. This is what we've done in the past. Um, So looking at the criteria for updating and revision, but also just looking at the criteria and saying, you know, we've run this program for two years um, and Portugal's been a part of the program all 35. So you know, kind of using that network, I think is a a huge benefit to identifying, you know, different ways of of managing and what works and what doesn't.
1: That's interesting.
2: It is so refreshing
0: to hear that this program with its international partners is actually communicating and learning from other communities across the world. Like just snaps for that. (laughs) There should be way more programs that kind of adopt that same strategy and actually communicate with with partners for a common goal. I really appreciate that. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely love working with our international partners. Um, the summer series that we offered this year was in partnership with the national operator out of Canada, which I think is really an important relationship because we're both partners on the the great lakes but also on our east and western coastlines and so you know being able to say oh like what are you dealing with in the great lakes with your issues and like what are we dealing with on our side you know kind of having those conversations around safety as well as water quality um was really eye-opening to see what they're doing and then for them to hear what we were doing 100 percent. that's so
0: cool now, with all the criteria, um, a an applicant doesn't have to wait until they meet all 33, right? Is there a way they're allowed to submit if they're almost the way there kind of thing? And what's that threshold?
2: It depends on the criterion. <laughs> um, you know, so the application is submitted at the end of December because there's a lot of processing that has to go into that so I have to review all the information make sure that it's clear then submit it to the national jury for review so that it can then go to the international jury so your application is really an attestation that you will be meeting all criteria at the time of your awarded um Season and then I have to go out and double check that you are actually doing everything that you said you would be doing in your application. So, do you travel to each of the beaches? I do. Wow. Yes. So I, there is a physical presence on every awarded site um, during their season to confirm that the all three criteria are being met. Um, and then you know recommend any sort of modifications or identify any non-compliances you know there are certain criteria like we have to have 20 at least 20 samples of water quality in order to submit an application um but you know your e coli testing on a marine beach can you know you'll have to hit those 20 samples um but if your season is only May to September, you don't need to keep testing like through till your next award season. You would submit your samples and then you would pick up your testing during the awarded season or information boards. No one has an information board unless they've already been awarded because that's, that's a big kind of ask of a site. And so, you know, there are certain criteria that we submit the application saying that you know this app this information board will be on site and it will have this level of information and this detail in order to be in compliance and then I go out and double check those
0: there's a lot of hope in these applications it sounds like so how many how many applicants did you have this year and in the inaugural year and how many beaches did you go to
2: so we we had our two inaugural sites go all the way through the application process oh yep so we we have one candidate uh the Galveston Park Board of Trustees has been working with us as a pilot Um, and so they just weren't ready to submit an application and no one forces you to submit an application until you're ready um because we we do want this to be a program that can be sustained for multiple years Uh, and so we had the two full applications come in and two full applications were uh, accepted by our national jury and promoted to the international jury then awarded and I have visited Porsche's site in California and then I will be traveling next month to um, visit our our site in Florida to do their, their walkthrough with them and double check all of their criteria.
0: I guess, I don't know what I was expecting, like thinking that you got like 50 applicants and then Portia and Cynthia's beaches were the winners. (laughs) But um, yeah, it makes sense with the inaugural. That's why we're spreading the word. So that way other, um, I guess, like beach managers, for lack of a better term, uh, all encompassing beach managers have the um, best knowledge going into it and, and can start working on their beaches to submit to the blue flag program.
2: Yeah, we are limited as a, a new um, operator of the program in a new country. We were limited to uh, five pilot locations and we were working with four and a couple, you know, just mentioned that they, they weren't ready and they needed more time for infrastructure purposes in meeting the criteria. But we had two that kind of were able to get all the way to that award stage, and we're pretty excited about that.
0: Amazing. That's so awesome. Now, Portia, you said you're from SoCal. Is the beach that you now manage a beach that you went to growing up?
3: <laughs> so the beach that was awarded, um, it's uh, Westward Beach, which is a the southernmost portion of Zuma Beach in Malibu, California. I actually had never been there oh. until I started working with the department. Um, I will say I actually probably had only been to the beach in general about maybe less than 10 times.
0: What?
3: I know that's, I know that's very, that sounds very weird, but but I also don't know how to swim, which was a large contributor. And there's plenty Um, of sand in California. (laughs) (laughs) There is, but I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't know how to swim, so it wasn't, you know, I, w- I wasn't really running to the beach um sure and neither does a lot of my family they don't know how to swim either so
0: sure sure that's fair so um if you're not that much of a beach goer but now you're assisting and um, managing the beach and killing it mind you um in the only four years that you've been with the coastal planning and de- and design side of things in la county I'd say what was your uh, favorite Part I guess now that you've actually been to this beach and it was awarded what's do you have a favorite part of the beach or is there a favorite part of just being like the process or being a part of, you know, where you work and and being a blue flag award beach.
3: Yeah, so in general about where I work, I, I really love that the work is so dynamic and you can be working on one thing one day and something else the next. Um, and in terms of the blue flag program, I'd say my favorite piece to work on was the in the environmental education boards, the information boards. It was a very creative, it was very creative. Um, ASVPA and Annie, they provided us with a template um, that we could use. And then they also said that we can run with it. <laughs> <laughs> and do things, you know, a little bit the way we want, as long as it as long as it was generally consistent um, with other information boards, the content that would be at other places in the United States. So I think that was a really fun process, um, and it has all sorts of information that I think, you know, um, that I think the public would like to see about a beach, from water quality testing data results to um, environmental characteristics of the beach to a map of the beach showing you where different amenities are. So I think that was a really fun activity to work on.
0: Um, Annie, what's your favorite part about, you know, joining this blue flag program and, and spearheading it and leading it to success and bringing the U S to the international stage.
2: It's definitely the people for me. Um, I get to work with so many different people and Experts in their field, everything from water quality, watershed planning, you know, um, ecological advocates, you know, there's just so many different and and broad criteria in the, the blue flag kind of award requirements that you really get to meet people who are really excited to work for their community and, and push these kind of initiatives forward. So, um, I remember at the awards ceremony, ceremony, um, for LA County, we were, I mean, pretty much meeting in person for the first time. Some of, some of the people, um, that I had been emailing with and had been talking to over the phone. And, um, I finally got to meet the kind of Facilities manager, um, Edward, and he was talking about, you know, like how excited he was that the, the site had gotten it and how like he was really interested in in, in doing more. Um, and so I think that's just such an, a great testament to the fact that like once you have a little bit, you you want that mile, right? We've given you an inch, you've gotten your award and you want that mile. And it like, what are you going to do with your flags after this year? Cause they have a specific year on them. Well, you can sew them up into little, um, animals like sea creatures and use that for next year's education activity. Um, you know, you can add more accessibility to your site, both the physical site and information about the site. Um, You know, there's just so many, like, people and and experiences that happen at the beach that are just so incredible to think about. Um, And just, you know, I feel like every meeting I have about Blue Flag is is a positive one. And it's just so exciting to meet and work with people who are so dedicated to what they do and, and doing it right. And working hard for their communities so that, you know, the beaches that we are recreating on today are the beaches that we're recreating on in 25, 30, and hundred years from now. That was so
0: heartwarming. Oh my gosh. Deb and I are out here shedding tears. Yeah, <laughs> we are.
1: Yeah, we can definitely, um, I mean, I'm inspired by um, your dedication and your commitment and, um, it's been really, really interesting. Um, I think it's really innovative too. I've never heard of anything like this. So it was um, it was a very, very interesting uh, discussion today. And um, I have a, a last question for both of you. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a student or a young professional who is interested in pursuing a career or position similar to yours? Um, Portia, do you want to start?
3: Sure. Um, I would just say, keep an open mind when looking for a specific positions that you may want in the future, because there's so many different um, avenues in the coastal field and you might end up in a job um, that initially you may not have thought was your passion. And then it turns out to be.
1: That's very true. Interesting.
2: Annie? Very similarly, I kind of, In the opposite direction though, I feel like a lot of the things that I identify through working with um, ASBPA and through other um, organizations like the U.S. Coastal Research Program is that a lot of the things that we aren't very good at, so we've talked about communication a little bit here, um, you know, bring your passion to your job. So if you are passionate about going on runs, make one of your education activities a 5K for, you know, raising money to save the turtles kind of thing. Like it, work-life balance and (laughs) burnout are real. And so you don't want to overdo it. But, you know, we need people who can code and build beautiful websites to help us communicate our scientific messages and our, our research. You know, we need communicators and educators that understand the, the kind of jargon and concepts at the, the high level as well. And so just bring what you love to your job and then it's not really a job. It's, it's a lot of fun things. So I got the privilege of, of really running my own program here. And so I, I, I really love to bring the things that I enjoy um, and that are meaningful to me to my to my work. And so it it becomes a, a lot more than just work at the end of the day.
1: Bring your passion to work, basically. I love that.
2: Well said.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in your briefcase. Awesome. That's so great. Thanks so much, both Annie and Portia, for joining us for for this session. Uh, congratulations, Portia, for being one of the first of two inaugural uh, blue flag beaches. And I do hope the best for you throughout next year and next year's application process as you move forward. And thanks so much, Annie, for clarifying everything about the program and, I, um, and, and bringing your passion to this program. Really appreciate it. Thank you both for being here today. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening into this much episode of Going Coastal. And if you didn't already know, because you haven't made it this far in other episodes, the Students and New Professionals chapter has a mentoring program, and we invite you to participate. All students and new professionals alike, we can sign up and request a mentor, and vice versa, uh, become a uh, become a mentee, but also be a mentor uh, to your, to professionals in your field, as well as students studying to be in your field. And to join the mentoring program, or just to learn more about the s chapter, send us an email at asppa.snp at If you don't already have it on your calendars, the National Coastal Conference is coming up taking place in Providence, Rhode Island on October 11th through the 13th, that uh, Columbus Day uh, week. The theme that week is Anchors Away, Revolutionary Times for Coastal Habitats. Registration is open. Speakers do need to register before, I want to say, end of August. Uh, Don't quote me on the official date, but you can find it at ASBPA.org. Presentation abstracts were closed, but poster abstracts are due on August 15th. So, so, so there is still some time to submit your poster abstract. And the YCSECA, the Young Coastal Scientists and Engineers Conference Americas, is taking place in August as well in Madison, Wisconsin. Abstracts were already due, but registration is open. I hope to see um, some some listeners uh, there at that conference. Nominations are open for ASPPA's Best Restored Shores Award, which is very different from the Blue Flag Program Award. Celebrating its fifth year for the Best Restored Shores, the award showcases well designed and implemented projects focused on restoring natural resources to enhance shoreline resilience by addressing environmental de- degradation, shore impacts, climate change, and sea level rise nominations are being accepted well they nominations were closed on august 1st which was only just a day after we recorded this episode but you can learn more about that at asppa.org for maybe next year's best restored shores award and last but not least do you enjoy listening to this podcast well, then you can support Going Coastal while aligning your brand with ASBPA s We'll customize a sponsorship package for your company to deliver on your marketing goals and connect with the next generation of coastal professionals. Share your story in top coastal and ocean podcasts and on Coastal News Today. So if you are interested in becoming a sponsor, contact our producer, Tyler Buckingham at tyler at coastalnewstoday.com or go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertise.